Okay, welcome back to the Mariah Report. Book report. Book reports. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we're going to cover uh, a couple chapters this week. Yeah, we're going to be doing When Christmas Comes, Father and the Son, Coloring Outside the Lines, and Huddle. Huddle. Are we saying Huddle? I th- I've been saying it Huddle, but I think it's Huddle. Huddle. Somebody tell us because I've actually <laughs> never seen that that play. Oh, same. So I don't know. I know. I need to see it. Um, I don't know that character, but um, let's, what are we calling? Gonna, huddle. Huddle. It's called a huddle. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be covering those four chapters, if you will, yeah. um, on this week's book report. But let's quickly recap what we went over last week and um, how that transitions into what we're going to do this week. Yeah. So basically we're getting to know little Mariah. And we're experiencing life through her lens. Yes. And we also get to know the family. All the mothers, brothers, sisters, daddy, cousins, and and nanas. Yeah. (laughs) And the dynamics and the violence in the house. Yes, exactly. Do you know what it's actually starting to remind me of a little bit? Push by Sapphire, a.k.a. Precious. Oh, okay. I see similarities with that. Just experiencing abuse in the house. Right. from, From the child's point of view. Not as extreme. Obviously, the sexual violence isn't there, but there's that family violence, the, the silent violence inside the house. Ooh, the silent violence. Mm, that's kept a secret. Yes. And almost, and I'm starting to get like the invisible girl. I'm unfamiliar. That no, that kind of like storyline. Like, oh, like, like she precious. is the invisible girl. Like I was so obviously talking yeah. about another book. No, no, no. <laughs> like she's so obviously neglected and abused, but no one can see her. Right. No one's no one sees that what's going on there. So that's yeah. where Mariah's feeling of invisibility starts to sort of manifest itself within her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though there were these were the first couple chapters, there was a lot going on in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot to unravel and un- uncover, if you will. The cops were called. Several times. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. We also, another thing that we learned in these first few chapters was Mariah's uh, connection to faith Mm. and and her Nana Reese Mm -hmm. and her father's side of the family. And and so that, and because that's another through section of the book. And of course, music, the musical roots. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is going to show itself in these chapters too. Yes. And we are going to go there. But right before we start with these chapters, I wanted to talk about some of our other listeners slash book report club members and what they've been saying. (laughs) (laughs) So over on Instagram, if you follow us at the Mariah Report, every week we'll be putting up like questions or thought provoking, you know, sections from the book just to see what you guys are thinking. And so for you to chime in and and see uh, how you are interpreting things. Uh, So I have one of the book report readers, Antonio Arun. He sort of sums everything up for last week. Uh, He says, the songs that came to mind while reading these chapters was Can't Take That Away, which I was like, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You see where that that connection is there. He goes on to say the most surprising thing to learn was the physical violence that was taking place in their household and the severity of it. He goes on to say sometimes the scars leave a permanent damage from which some people never recover. Mm. And we know Mariah's been dealing with this trauma all through her life. So it's taken a long time for her to start to uh, get a handle on it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I got one from Triplek82. They said, I listened to the Audible first. So the songs that came to mind were beautifully woven into the storytelling. 
I was surprised to learn that she witnessed so much trauma within her family dynamic at such an early age. I can relate to not feeling a sense of belonging within my own family and feeling like an outsider during visits. Yeah, I guess that, mm-hmm. was, that was also established is that Morgan and Allison had their own bond. Yeah, that was... And, and Mariah, Mariah was, was in it. Mm-hmm. Total disconnection there. Total disconnection. Yeah. And, but think, um, about, think about current Mariah and, and how she's been portrayed in the public and in the media as rich Mariah ditching the younger, the, the older siblings, ditching her right, siblings. Uh-huh. But we see that the, the, ditch, the, the, the ditchation's ditch. been there and yeah. it didn't come from Mariah. Right. You know what I mean? There yes. has always been a distance, whether it's physical distance or just, you know, mental, emotional distance. From day one. Yeah, absolutely. So... It's it's almost like they completely live two different lives, mm-hmm. two different lives. Mm-hmm. But speaking of the brother and sister, now let's start with the chapter when Christmas comes, mm. because one of the things that Mariah talks about in this chapter is how every Christmas and or holiday, the siblings would come over mm-hmm. and they would destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Like they would just ruin Christmas, if you will. Okay, there was I've, always an yeah. argument, always a problem. Well, I feel like this is, this is a common thing with families. Maybe this can be our question of the week. Families get together at holidays and this is when it all comes out and it turns into eventually drinking starts happening and it turns Uh into a fight. And it's just everything starts blowing up, blowing, getting out of proportion. Yeah. So the because the brother and sister are not living, um, they're all, again, separated. Mm -hmm. Um, Sister and sister lives with dad. Yeah. Brother lives with mom and little Mariah. Mm -hmm. But when they get come together, honey, it's just it's a whirlwind. It's a it's a storm. And it sounds like even though Morgan's there with Mariah, it just sounds like he's not home. He's always on the loose. Right. Well, because if you think about it, again, he's 10 years older than her. Like, yeah. He's out running the streets already. And what does he want to do hanging out with a right. little girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even though if I had a little sister, I'd be like, hey, girl. I <laughs> but I never had a little sister. But she does talk about it a little bit um, in the book. She says when she talks about because um, she talks about her brother and sister thinking that she's the golden child. And yeah. they have like this resentment towards her that she can feel. Yes. And it's just because, you know, uh, she says they considered me the golden child, lighter hair, lighter skin and a lighter spirit. Mm. And she goes on to say their resentment towards me was perhaps the one thing that they had in common. They seemed bound in that bitterness. I actually understood why they were angry and hateful towards me. But at the time, I couldn't fathom why every year they just had to ruin Christmas. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's common too. My sister is like that. She's, really? Yeah, she's five years older than me. And she, I was the golden child as in... I got let off things easier. She, right. I was treated differently than her. Right. Okay. So I was the target of her anger. Oh, she and she'd be letting it out during Christmas? Oh, not during Christmas. All year round, really. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just Christmas. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So she was. She, she had a target on you. Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. thing. I wonder if you have a sibling closer to your age, if that's the key to bonding. Interesting. Does, ah, does that, wh- is that gap create something? I would imagine it does, depending on the situation, you know, this family situation. Although my brother is two years older than me and 
yeah, we're not friends. Mm, <laughs> so interesting. I think Maybe every, not. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for that. But okay. yeah, I would imagine if you're closer in age, normally you might have. Right. Like, because you probably like have the same friends. Yeah. You're in school thing. at the same time. Uh-huh. You think Mariah was not in school with her siblings because they're so much no. older than her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was really almost like an only child. Right. Yeah, yeah, the same thing with my sister. She would, we crossed over like one year where she was like leaving primary school when I was starting. Mm-hmm. And then she left high school when I was starting. Uh, so okay. we didn't have those school years going to school together and all that. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, my brother did not. Well, the reason that my brother and I didn't is because we went to schools, different schools. Because mm. <laughs> we we didn't never went to the schools that were in our district. Mm. We always like went to schools outside the district. So my brother would go to that school and then I would go to this school. Oh, really? And so we never really went to school together until like high school. But then he was gone. Interesting. So very interesting. Yeah. But that's why I say like it all depends on the family dynamic and what's going on. Yeah. Where like it doesn't matter what the age difference is with siblings. Well, I wonder if Mariah was, well, she says it like they're bonded in their dislike for her or their disdain mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. because they were around but together right. without Mariah. Uh-huh. Here comes this person, little baby Mariah. Yeah. And now they right. got something in common. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mariah also, she says, I was a child craving a childhood in a house filled with disappointment and pain. Mm. Well, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And the one time that you want to like sort of let that pain and like have an enjoyable moment is during Christmas. Mm-hmm. When she talks about her mom like setting up and cooking and trying to like make things cute. And then here's the brothers and the sisters all coming for Mariah and destroying things. Do you think this is a trickle-down effect from Pat's mother disowning her from the family? Oh, well, I would think there'd have to be some sort of connection there. Yeah, right. For sure. Because this is happening in Pat's house, not in Alfred's house. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of those things. But I can almost guarantee that from... Well, we know that Pat's family, that disconnect, that disowning... Mm. That that has an effect mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not a therapist, so I don't know, but something's going on there, and that definitely affects the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how though. Well, obviously Pat's affected by it, and that just spills out into the kids. It just keeps going. It yeah. just goes. It just goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are during the Christmas time. You can't never have any peace, mm-hmm. no peace at Christmas time because we know the dysfunction. We know that there's resentment towards Mariah from her siblings. But Mariah goes on to tell the story about how not every Christmas was ruined by her family. Mm. Because here we have the two Gunkles. We get to meet them. Yeah. Finally. Myron and Bert. Yes, and they were two of her favorite people. (laughs) I feel like that's one click away from Bert and Ernie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay, yes. Now I know. I see that. I'm getting that. I'm getting that right up. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, So this is where we see, like, the not the kitschiness, but, like, the festiveness. This is probably where it stems from. Right. The Christmas spirit. They had, you know, light 
effervescent spirits. And Mariah instantly connected to that. Of course, Mariah's, you know, she's hamming it up for them in front of the, the camera and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're encouraging her yes. flamboyance. As they should. Yes. As they should. <laughs> I remember seeing all these pictures of Mariah as a young girl and whatnot. And um, like when she's like in her little, you know, cute little dresses or, you know, uh, sitting on the, the bench or whatever she's doing. And all of those photos were taken by the Gunkles because mm. one of them was a photographer. Mm-hmm. And but they showed Mariah a little bit of sanity and structure mm-hmm. and these were these were friends of patricia's so they would go over to their their house quite often they'd hang out mm. and mariah felt a sense of hominess mm-hmm. and um some safety within mm-hmm. within their home air quote normalcy yeah i this, guess this you is could what a normal home would look like yeah 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 what's interesting is that in mariah's home or when the family was together, there were not supposed to be that couple, the, the mixed race couple. Mm-hmm. Here she is in someone else's home, not supposed to be that couple. There, yes. So maybe she's comfortable in that space. Ooh, I see what you're saying there. I see. Especially in the 70s, 70s and 80s, two men can't be together. No, no, like no, that. ma'am. No, not just living their life. No, no. And especially a teacher. You can lose your job for that. Yes. So there's that secrecy that has to happen mm-hmm. as well. You got to keep it undercover. Absolutely. From the general public, mm-hmm. but in their home, behind their walls, they had they had a full life. Yeah, and yeah. They were very uh, supportive of Mariah and invited her in and, right. you know, treated her with with uh, respect and, and uh, nurturing that she's not used to. Right. But also they, they probably recognized in Pat that Pat's cool because Pat's doing the wrong thing too in those days, in air quotes. So she can she she will keep the secret. Right, exactly. Like we this, can trust y'all her. ain't y'all ain't gonna be out running the streets telling our business. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So but we that. but we like them and we like that they're here, especially during Mariah's, you know, formative young years. She's probably a little older when she's telling this story. She's probably like 10, maybe. I, I can't remember. Mm. But it definitely had an impact on her because all of this, all of the craziness, all of the holidays that were ruined and all the family going back and forth, mm. um, this gave Mariah hope. It gave Mariah hope for good times without the dysfunction. Right. But we're going to get introduced soon to the concept of weird. But what's interesting mm. is that this is what she's experiencing is. And it is normal, but it's, but it's conceived as weird. Yes. Perceived as weird. Perceived as weird there to the general go. public. Yeah. But Mariah's living in it. Yeah. And doing the, her best in it. And I love how that chapter sort of ends. Mariah says, I also believe that somewhere inside I knew it was too late to give my brother and sister peace and my mother her wonderful life, but I could possibly give the world a Christmas classic instead. So all of these little things add up to obviously Mariah's iconic Christmas song and why she has such a such a, a buoyancy and a, a, a light effervescent joy in that song is because of these moments that were created with now I want to call him Bert and Ernie. 
<laughs> what is it? Barton by Burton uh, My- Myron Myron. <laughs> You've ruined it for me forever now. Burton Myron <laughs> helped create little moments, and Mariah carried that with her into her career and into the holiday classic that will live on. Right. So we get to see the thread that exists. It's going to be around for hundreds of years. All I want for Christmas is you. So now we see the thread of where it stems from, its roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the gays. The gays. I was just going to say, <laughs> leave it to the gays, girl. We'll create We'll create the best out of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> so that was a cute little chapter. Loved it. Enjoyed it. We understood a little bit more of that family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we move on to the next chapter, the Father and the Son, where we really have a deeper dive into Alfred Roy Carey. Yeah, which was really great because I feel like... Just in general, there wasn't much information about him out there. So you didn't know what level of involvement he had with Mariah. Yes, because this this story, she really goes into explaining her life with her father. Because for the longest time, uh, being a lamb, I thought they saw each other very sporadically. Mm. Every, like once or twice a year or just at the holidays. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it turned into being that. But as when Mariah was young, he was there quite often. She she visited him regularly on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so I was very uh, happy to sort of hear that he was around. Yeah. To at, at least when she was younger. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like there is once they once Pat and Alfred separated, there was a little bit of normalcy with the father and the, and their relationship. Mm hmm. Well, yes, because the Mariah would love going over to her father's house, number one, because he always made these great Italian dinners. Mm. Uh, and because she said like, oh, Saturday nights at my house with my mom could be, you know, very sporadic mm-hmm. or or they would be like very you never know what's going on because mm-hmm. she's always having musicians she's always doing things which is great and mariah partook in all of that and had a great time and everything but she's like i know when i would go to my dad's house i'm having a dinner yeah. like i have a meal because she wasn't always being you know fed properly at her mother's house so right there's, there's a routine right there's some sort of structure yeah and you know kids need structure they do see i was having a conflict in my mind about this because all right let's say obviously living with pat it's mayhem and craziness and there's neglect going on but she's getting exposed to all these mus- the musical components that developed her into what she is today right so what happens if she had gone to alfred roy which i guess technically for a child seems like the better option with structure and normalcy but then he would have shut down the musicality of it all Okay, we might that, not ever have got Mariah Carey. That is very true. That is very true. I so see why. <laughs> I see why you're in that land of conflict <laughs> because things could have turned out very, very differently. Yeah. So, like he yeah, might have got, yeah, like beaten up, like brainwashed her out of going into music. Well, that's true because she does say in the book, um, he all never got the, it. He never. He got doesn't it. understand it. He was a. Uh, he wasn't deterring her, but he didn't really have a lot of conversations. He didn't encourage her yeah. musicality. Yeah. And I mean, he's probably, he was not a musical person himself. So Mariah did learn a lot from her mother yeah. that she would not have known. Uh-huh. So who even knows if she would have tapped into all of that? So I see that. That's that's interesting. And I wonder if she would have had a much more difficult time 
getting anything done or getting anywhere being with being a black child versus passing as Pat's white child. Right. Like what, what would have, would have have been just so much more difficult for her. Yes. To get anywhere. Well, because there's, she talks a little bit in, you know, I think the next chapter, but we'll go back to it um, about, you know, walking around with, if she walks around the neighborhood with her white mother, people Mm. sort of don't think anything. Mm -hmm. But when she's walking around with her black father, people are definitely looking, questioning and wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so that that definitely would play a part in, in all of this. Yeah. In So back in The Father and the Son, Mariah does say, in regards to what we were just talking about, she says, my mother, the opera singer, taught me scales, but my father taught me songs that made me laugh. Mm. So there was a little bit of fun musical times that they had together. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like, it was... Serious. It was, wasn't right, it was more in like yeah. a fun thing because she also says in this chapter that... He, like, once Allison left, Mariah was just, like, hanging around with Roy and mm. while Roy was over there doing grown adult stuff, tinkering yeah. with his to- with his with his car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know what single adult males do, but, like, they're... Watch sports. Yeah, oh, watch sports. That's what... <laughs> yes, that's what they do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> But yeah, in sports and whatnot. And she did say also that sometimes they would go to the race track. Yeah. All all the siblings. Yeah. And the one thing they could agree on was that, yeah, they don't like doing Boring. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one and only time they ever agreed on anything. Okay, I just had a thought back to Pat mm-hmm. and this whole and the dynamic. I guess Alfred is kind of um disciplined in terms of like lifestyle, putting things away, living in a house. Pat was disciplined in music. Doing, yes. doing the scales and practicing and being um, diligent about singing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess we have that. And you know, and who is to say what is better and for what child and who? Because like, even though we know that Allison was living with Roy, who was very structured and together, well, we see what her path led her through. So, Mm. you know, maybe that wasn't something because maybe that is what caused her to rebel so much because he was so strict. Mm. You never know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's this, there's that, there's this constant wondering of, of what could have and what should have happened or be done. So I really like the moments of her and Alfred Roy driving around together. Yes, so cute. Yeah, nice to know they have the that they had that kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah, all of those moments, them in the car together, mm-hmm. them going to you know, uh, well, she you know she sings and talks a little bit about the song Bye Bye and that teddy bear at night when he would tuck her in her little cuddles, mm-hmm. teddy bear, mm-hmm. super adorable, super cute. Um, but it was those little moments that she remembers, the fun. There yeah. was fun there. What I what stood out to me was they're driving in the car together and kind of goofing around with their songs. So there's that funny element. That's going to come and bite her next week <laughs> when she's driving with Pat. Oh, and has a oh, giggle. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, we're see? Get to but that. we kind of see where that laughing came from, that, that comfortableness to crack a joke at singing. 
Yeah. It's and isn't it interesting that you can you can crack those types of jokes with the very strict structured father, mm. but the mother who is supposed to be like this bohemian, you know, like carefree spirit, you can't mm. do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I we'll get to that chapter in the next book report, but yeah, take a note, put a pin note, in that. Put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. We're we're going to we'll dissect that one. <laughs> but going back to Alfred Roy and you know his structure, so he was in the military. Mm. He you. You know, Mariah said he's very meticulous in his household and all of that. And then we come to, we talked a little already about the Sunday dinners. Just back to the military real quick. Mm -hmm. We see where race begins to affect him and the family. Okay, you know what? Let's start right there. Let's start right (laughs) there, girl, because we got to lay this out because the first sort of section of this chapter Mm -hmm. is sort of very intense. Mm -hmm. So when Roy is in the military, Mm -hmm. he gets some some issues arise Mm -hmm. due to uh, the color of his skin. Yeah. So it's already starting here, and Mariah knows... I don't know when she learned of these stories from from her father, but she knows something is not right. Yeah. Well, it obviously just puts a stain on the reputation and people know about it. Yeah. I mean, you're looked at completely different. I mean, you've already looked at completely different just by being, you know, who you are. Yeah. But now you have. So he was accused of rape. Raping while a white in, woman. Raping a white woman while in the military. And they uh, put him, they locked him in like solitary confinement or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was how traumatic that is for him. But now everybody looks at you uh, differently. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there, it's almost like you don't even have a chance to defend yourself in, in the court of public eye. Yeah. Well, you are guilty until proven innocent. Right. But when it comes to the public, you could, how are you, you could never, Mm -hmm. you could never. And then what eventually ended up happening is they just let him go. Mm. There was no, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. There were no like, oh, we got it wrong. Mm -hmm. They just let him out. Mm -hmm. That was it. Nothing. No no counseling, no support, Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing. So that also has a deep effect on you as well. Yeah. What do you think? It's So it says he went up to the hill with his gun. Right. Wasn't planning on killing himself. Right. Well, Do you think he, like, said he was planning on shooting up the place? That Well, that this is where Mariah starts leaving things a little vague for yeah. the reader. So after he gets out of, of jail, he goes up to the hill. What hill? Yeah. Who's at the top of the hill? And if he's not shooting him, who is he about to shoot? Yeah. Is he about to shoot the accuser? Is he about to shoot the, the you know, marshals? What do they call them? The people in jail? Yeah, yeah. The the guards? Yeah. Who, the judge? Who? Who is he? Well, he must, he's obviously on a military compound, right? Right. So whoever. I don't, I know. don't know who those people are. But look at how accusing him of raping someone almost made it much worse. There was almost a much worse situation He's about to start killing people. Right. As a a result. And the snowball will keep growing and growing Mm -hmm, and growing. mm -hmm. And then, you know, all of that trickle down effect. Because now he's going to be in jail for life. And now the whole family is even more ruined Mm -hmm, than they already are. mm -hmm. And it just, it has effects that follow through on so many levels. But that is interesting because Roy was pissed. Yeah. Rightfully so. Nearing the edge. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Close my eyes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, so we get introduced to his mother, Addie. 
Oh, yes. She Grand- comes over for... Which is Grandma Eddie, right? So yes. there was a little confusion. Who's Nana Reese? Who was Addie? We worked it out. Uh-huh. Addie is Roy's mother. Correct? Correct. Nana Reese is Addie's sister. But I bet it's because... Oh, because Roy's the only child, remember? Yes. Because the brothers killed them each other. Oh, that's right. We learned that in the book, too. Are they both dead or one died? One died. One brother one's killed the other... I don't know where the other one is. Must be. I didn't do my Google on that one. Mm. Forgot. So I guess Roy's the only one out. Okay, so about. so we got... So Roy, but then there's some uncle killed the other uncle. Mariah's uncle. Okay. So right? I don't know who's left. I don't know who's left, but we have Nana Reese. I think they call her Nana Reese just because that's probably like her... Community name? Com- yeah, you know if I mean? you will. Like everybody calls her Nana Reese. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe it's just a family thing. I'm not sure. Either way. So, Addie's over at the house. Uh-huh. Roy's cooking. His white <laughs> linguine clam sauce. Girl, I've been hearing about that dish for decades. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, Mariah describes it so perfectly. I could almost create it from her description. Oh, yeah. You got some Fresh skills clams, in the kitchen. Garlic. Pasta. <laughs> Pars- does she say parsley too, maybe? There's, yeah, there's definitely parsley on it. Okay. Um... So obviously that was their ritual. Yeah. Hetty comes over with parmesan cheese. I bet it's craft parmesan cheese. You in the green bottle? Of course. Of course. Ones. Of course. Cheap. Must have been in her purse. It had to be. In her Because where did it come from? <laughs> where? She pulls it out of nowhere, puts it on Mariah's pasta, and Mariah freaks out. Yeah. That's and and then Addie's like, oh no, you better make her eat this food. Well, do you know what? It didn't say if she ate it or not. Uh, that's <laughs> she must true. Have, right? That's true. That is very true. I, she probably did. I bet Alfred Roy made her. Yeah. Maybe he like saved it for like later on in the evening because you know she had to eat. Yeah, but I will say that was abusive of Addie reaching over. Yeah. Don't do that. No. No. You know, that brings me one time when I was a child, I was like sitting and I had spilled my milk into whatever food I was eating. Uh-oh. And the, my little brother's dad would not let me leave until I ate that soupy, milky, I don't even know what it was. It was like probably pasta or mac and cheese or something. I don't know what it was. And I was like, I'm not eating this. So I just sat there all, all night and I never ate it. <laughs> I was, I'm not eating this. So, like, that's the Parmesan cheese. I, yes. Although, I, it was my mistake. My little clumsy hand spilt Still, the milk. It's not like you meant to do that. Right. Like, come on. So, I wonder if Mariah ate it or not. Yeah. Probably, she probably did later. Maybe after Addie left. I mean, it's still edible. Maybe, like, the dad, like, scraped it off the yeah. top. <laughs> but it's hard to get that off. It's real powdery. It is disgusting. Oh, that's true. That's that true. cheese, like, versus real Parmesan cheese, they have to grate. Yes. That's delicious. Oh, yes. Everyone loves that. Yeah. But that canned stuff is gross. Yeah. Addie shouldn't be walking around with that. She should know better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was a a moment, a traumatic moment, because that was the thing that Mariah loved from her father. She said it was sublime. And clearly, she cooks it all the time for holidays now. Yes. Yeah. I would like the recipe. Yeah. Mariah, I mean, Mariah would have to sell it. She should sell it. Can you do that? No, send it to like Bon Appetit or something. My dad's oh. clam chowder. What is it yeah. called? Clam linguine. <laughs> like clam linguine. Uh, can we talk about the Ritz moment? The, Ritz the good cracker? old Ritz cracker. Yes. 
What do you think of having just one Ritz? Now that would not fly. <laughs> that would not fly in my household right. because I mean, I guess if you're just like one little girl, like what are you going to do? Like tell your dad no. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we had, there were three of us. So like if we were rationed out like snacks like that, uh-huh. oh no, girl, we're, we're this the anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> we will get that box of Ritz crackers <laughs> between the three of us boys. We I, will. I do like a Ritz. Oh, I love a Ritz. Uh, with a piece of cheese. Oh yes. A fancy cheese. Yeah. Delicious. Yes, very, very good. They're not very good for dipping and we have to like scoop up a dip. Because they're too buttery, they crack. Yeah. But a little cheese there always goes a long way. But they are so buttery, buttery, you can just eat it as is, too. Oh, oh, I would love that, too. Mm -hmm. But just like one cracker, like, what does Roy really think one cracker is going to do? Like, what? That is not going to help nobody with nothing. Yeah. That's, not even that's a piece almost, of cheese. That's almost mean. <laughs> like you're just like dangling, you know, in front of their face and you yeah. get one cracker. I mean, come on. Come on. Maybe he secretly loves the Ritz. So he's like, you get one. And also, for me later. <laughs> like that whole box of Ritz, it's going to go stale, girl. Yes, you got to eat it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Once you open that sleeve, like you got to eat it. I know. You can't, you know, I don't know. Maybe they were like Roy's like favorite midnight snack or something. And he wanted them all for himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, um, I wonder where that stems from. If his family did that. Just Could one. be. Could be. I don't know. To me, it sounds... Wait, it, it sounds like a learned behavior. Yeah. A crazy learned behavior. Because it was me. I'm like, here's the box. Go nuts. Okay, well, you can't give them all of it. <laughs> you could give them, like, maybe, like, depending on their age and size, you can maybe give them, like, five or six. Well, anyway, Addie causes trauma with the cheese. Trauma with the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> But we do get over it. We do get over it. And the the linguine lives on to this day. Yeah. Yes. Mariah's always making it. Um, okay. There are other things that she talks about in this book. Oh, okay. So hanging out with Roy. So we do get musical elements from Roy. It's not just Pat serving the education over there. So this, I found this part interesting. It's when she was talking about uh, Alfred Roy having the child's children's book. Uh-huh. About the blind black boy. Right. And the shapes. And so so Mariah says, when I think of that storybook, I think of Stevie Wonder. Reading mm. it, I wonder if this was the reason why Stevie Wonder could create such vivid worlds and emotions through his songs. Yeah. So no, we're not, we're not having a vocal experience. We're having Mariah's songwriting. We're seeing where it comes from. Right. Or and like where it's getting formed, the idea of it. Right, that whole thought process sort of behind it. And yeah. how... She looks up to Stevie so much and she wonders, how can he make this? But like she now realizes, oh, he has this amazing sense yeah. that is holier than than most people because he doesn't have sight. Yeah. So he has to go even deeper within him to create these things. And I think Mariah definitely took that on. Yeah, that kind of falls in line with um, when you lose a sense, like your sight, your other senses kick in so mm-hmm. you you have better smell you have better hearing maybe also better songwriting better descriptions of things you learn to describe things better because mm-hmm. you have to sort of create that in your mind mm-hmm. so yeah i would definitely say mariah definitely at a younger year younger age she was she was developing that but interesting that she has had the um intelligence to 
analyze and observe that in general. That Stevie Wonder's songwriting is different. Right. And, and particular. Well, I think she, yeah. Not everyone would pick that up, yeah. basically. She has that intuitiveness mm-hmm. to sense that from from that, yeah. from him. But then we see that come through in songs like The Roof, where it's very descriptive and she paints the picture. Absolutely, words. absolutely. Because that's what you want. You want to transcend that. It's not just about the, the sound. Mm-hmm. It's you want to be, you know, allowing listeners to hear it in many forms. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. picture painting a picture in the mind is mm-hmm. what Mariah does with her songs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I want to touch on about here is when Mariah started sort of breaking away from her Sundays with Alfred Roy. Mm. So like they would always say to each other, see you next Sunday, see you next Sunday, because that was their day. But she says, as I grew a little older, my seriousness as a singer-songwriter began to swiftly envelop my whole world. I was in the profession by the time I was 12. My father did not see it or support it, largely because he did not understand it. Mm. And she goes on to talk about the discipline that it took her or that she put into crafting art, mm-hmm. you know, and, and listening to music. She said, he didn't see the focus and discipline I was cultivating as an artist. He didn't see how I learned the craft, sitting in on jam sessions with accomplished musicians, with my mother and developing the skills of scatting and improvisation. Mm. He never saw how I spent hours writing, enriching my ear, and studying popular music trends on the radio. Above all, we had a fundamental difference in belief. I followed my heart while he was guided by his fear of not being accepted. Ooh. Girl, that was a girl, that's a lot. Yeah. But you see how there is now, as Mariah's developing her music, there's now the the disconnect between Alfred and Mariah is becoming even larger. Mm. Not just because of their not seeing each other on every Sunday, but also because they have two different viewpoints on things. Mm-hmm. Mariah is cultivating this art and her craft, mm-hmm. and he is still stuck. He's stuck back in his ways when she says... What page are you on? By his fear of not being accepted. Page 31. Okay. He was held back by his fear of not being accepted. So he has all this trauma from the military, from growing up, uh, being a, a black man. All these, you know, things that have happened to him are holding him back. And here Mariah is ready to flourish mm. and to go forward. Even though she's had the trauma of the childhood, mm-hmm. she's had all the family disruptions, and but she finally knows what she wants and she's going forward. And she's like, I can't. I can't be back here with you, Dad, in your pain. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting to see how that relationship started to deteriorate. She had to break away. Very, very much so. Very, yeah. very that. I also think in this part, um, she, she, um, she says uh, she had to let go of our Sundays so I could manifest my own day in the sun. Mm. Girl. Mm-hmm. So this story, this whole chapter starts, you know, telling us about 
um, the fun memories that she had with her father, the good times that they had, mm-hmm. all these, you know, quirky little things, the cheese and the pasta and the crackers and all of that. And then l- having to essentially let go mm-hmm. of that person who quite possibly is the most stable person in her family mm-hmm. and having to d- detach from that. Well, that kind of brings me to the, let's talk about the concept of them being weird but okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're introduced to the concept of the weirdness of the whole family, but Alfred Roy is probably the most normal one out of them all. Exactly. Yet the most demonized and troubled. Right. Yes. From the group. So um, the story goes, Mariah wrote, drew a picture of the family. Yeah. And then she said, she put the caption, they're weird, but they're okay. Innocently. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with that? And Alfred bugs out. Yeah, he does. He doesn't want to be seen as weird, which kind of ties into that idea of in those days, it was so important to look normal, to have your husband, the wife, two and a half kids and a dog in the house and the picket fence. Very much so. And a job. And then you're a normal family. Uh-huh. Anything outside of that was devilish, weird, strange, unruly, lawless. It wasn't, it was frowned upon. So mm-hmm. people would freak out about being normal in a, almost in a toxic way. Yeah. Anyway, so Alfred bugs out. When Alfred Mariah bugs out. And, and it's 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 weird that he bugs out like yeah. so, <laughs> so much over that, especially because she's so young. Like, I wonder what really his intention was mm. for getting so upset or what his issue for getting so upset. And I know like it is a little bit of what you just said, like, you don't want to let other people think you're weird because we're already weird enough. But yeah. that's sort of what Mariah was saying. Everyone else is already telling us we're weird. Right. We don't need to be more weird. Yeah. And she goes or on. confirm and she, it. And she says like, oh, well, it's, it's weird for us to live in above a deli. Yeah. It is weird for blah, blah, blah. This, Our that, church is weird. Yeah. So like, how is that a bad thing? Yeah. I mean, from her. So I see, I see where Mariah's coming from. Oh, totally. Well, I guess... Alfred's trying to have a normal life or be normal, I guess, or appear normal. Whereas Mariah is having a weird experience. Okay, so let's talk about, speaking of weird, so in this chapter she reveals Allison one day. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Girl, you want to talk about weird? (laughs) I know this kind of, so, okay, so out in the world, real world, there's these stories that Mariah was in in a satanic cult and... Patricia and Allison sent Mariah to the cult or whatever. So that's always been a, a what the heck kind of storyline. But in this story, it starts to go, huh, it starts to maybe make sense or you start to see a thread of it. Not that it is a cult, but um, Allison recruits Mariah to perform a song. What's it called? White Rabbit? Uh, something by Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. So Allison gets Mariah to perform, teaches her the song, where is the song? Oh, page yeah. 30. Go Ask Alice. The song White Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There okay. you go. There you go. There so, you go. Mariah learns a song. Midnight comes. Out she comes of her bedroom. There's Allison with friends in a semicircle, I guess, with Patricia. And they're singing this like weird Alice in Wonderland drug taking demonic song. Very psychedelic. Yeah. So Yet, then like, that's ugh. a little seancey slash what's Allison been doing? Right. What's she, who's <laughs> she hanging out with? 
Okay, all right. I mean, I heard the 70s were a time of all of that, but like yeah. for a little girl, yeah, Mariah's age, that is very strange. That's weird. It's we- that is weird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. But you see how like Mariah is experiencing that and then goes over to Alfred Roy's place and draws a picture and just says, yeah, they're weird. But they're okay. <laughs> but, but they're okay. No, but okay. they're weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely weird. It's very strange. Also, like Allison being the person who was, I also thought there was another sort of part about the being weird because she said like the the church that they went to was very weird. Yeah. And she said that there was a tower that the teens would go up and be. Anything teens. with a tower is weird. I'm like, that's <laughs> weird. That is just weird. <laughs> but but Allison doing this. Well, Allison is weird. She's weird, but what's also weird is Pat was there too. And Pat is weird. (laughs) Pat should have been like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I could see, like, getting your little sister dressed up to do, like, you know, uh, I don't know what's in the 70s, like a Jackson 5 song or something like that. But this is, like, very adult (laughs) adult content. Yes. I mean, so I'm just like, this is very strange. Like, why did Allison feel the need to orchestrate that? I don't know. It must be what she's seeing up there in the tower. Mm. <laughs> Just allegedly. But do you see where the satanicness comes in? I was like, that's a little satanic-y. It is very much, very much so. I feel like maybe Allison's been, you know, maybe down. Doing things. I don't know what she does. She's weird. She's <laughs> But she's okay. <laughs> she's okay. She's okay. <laughs> so that chapter is is amazing. We love it. We learn so much. Did we talk about, um, is the dancing in this chapter? No. Oh, okay. It's coming up, right? It's coming up. Okay. It's coming up. All right. So we've got to know Alfred Roy and their dynamic. Yes. Him and Mariah's dynamic. Addie's around causing trouble. The good old Sundays. Yes. Why the Sundays ended. Yes. And now we go into coloring outside the lines. Yeah, well, we, so the last chapter we kind of learn about Alfred's experience with race. Now we're going to talk about Mariah's. Right, right. Yeah. Now she tells two specific stories in this chapter that I think uh, most lambs have have heard before, you know, about the, the coloring of her family and also the little girl going to her dad's house. So she recounts those stories mm-hmm. um, and they are very uh, traumatic for her. Mm-hmm. Like she remembers them fully to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, she starts this out with a little, this chapter out with a little um, lyrics from outside, which are very fitting. But I also love how she opens this chapter by saying, my first encounters with racism were like a first kiss in reverse. Each time a piece of my purity was ripped from my being. Mm. Girl, that's deep, mm-hmm. but it's true. Mm-hmm. And you it's like you almost don't even realize it in the moment. But then when you're far enough away from it, you look back and you'll be like, yep, that's exactly what happened. That's when it started. That's when th- all of this started to be a problem and affect me. It kind of ties into the earlier chapters talking about Morgan and his violence in the house. And you kind of don't know where when it's going to happen or where it's coming from. And you start to sense when it's going to happen. And it's this really aggressive form of violence. The racism is a sort of a form of violence. Is oh. that it's come, you don't know where it's going to come from. Right. Mariah's just drawing a picture of her family and then boom, there it is. 
And she doesn't have any idea that what she's doing is wrong because it's not. Or going to trigger it. Right. Exactly. This was so she's drawing a, a picture with crayons of her family in school. And I love when Mariah says at four years old, I had already to be all at four years old. I had already begun to develop a keen watch your back instinct Mm. because the teachers were looking over her shoulder as Mm -hmm. she was drawing her family and Mariah instantly froze. I just want to read this part of the the scene because the writing is so good. The sound of crayons rubbing on thick paper created a dull hum as the faint comforting scent of Crayola wax wafted through the room. You can totally imagine the room of kids just like... I'm in the room. Yeah. I, I smell those crayons. And that smell, right? Yes, yes. It's very... It's a waxy smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very. I also love in this coloring outside the lines some of the descriptions yep. of the colors, mm. of the colors of skin. Mm-hmm. Um, a little on page 35 towards the bottom, she says, Mariah says, I knew I was more like the color of animal crackers and my brother and sister were more like nutter butters while my father's skin tone resembled graham crackers. And you see how like the shades in between those cookies yeah. are very sort of like subtle or not that big of a difference But when you're talking uh, about family and race, those few shades Mm -hmm. mean everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there were no cookie-colored crayons for Mariah to use. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay, so she talks about the moment that the teacher hovers over and sees her drawing. Yes. So she had used a brown crayon for her dad. Everyone else was pink on, on the lighter side of things. And they shame her. Right. And they they actually tell Mariah, they or they say between themselves, because there's a group of like, you know, young little assistant teachers or whatever. Mm. They say, look, Mariah doesn't even know that she's using the wrong crayon because mm-hmm. they've already told her she's using the wrong crayon. And she's like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, how how are you telling me? That I'm using the wrong crayon. Like this, my these are my people. Yeah, I know. I know what my people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Uh, but I could just understand back in those days, people weren't thoughtful. Again, because normal was white dad, white mother, your siblings, and that was it. Right. And of course, no one had ever seen Mariah's dad. It was literally illegal to marry a black person. Right. So you would not think. Oh, her dad must be black because that's not legal. That can't be. Uh-huh. That can't be. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But also, they they had never seen him. And even if they, she even says, I think in this chapter that like even if they thought her father wasn't white, hmm. they certainly didn't think he was black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much so that she's wrong. You made a mistake. Exactly. Exactly. Uh Yeah. And Mariah, as a little girl, having to defend herself on that. Yes. Girl. That's crazy. Well, I wrote down two notes in the book as I was reading it. First one was she was being exposed. So that sense of being exposed. Now people see the air quotes, the weirdness in the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to be there. Almost like being outed. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. How do you handle that? Or, or then also being um, being aware that something's wrong with you right. and, and your family. And then doubling back down yourself and saying, no, something isn't wrong. Yeah. And then telling you, yeah, actually it is. And laughing. Yeah. 
And then I wrote, it's weird, that sense of being weird. Mm, That's where it comes from. There we go. That's going to surface later on. They're weird. Yep. It's And it's also that whole thing of breaking down a four-year-old child's sort of understanding and belief of things. That's where the weirdness starts. Mm-hmm. She starts knowing that there's weirdness happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, again, back to Morgan in, early, in the earlier chapters when she can feel the storm coming. She feels like weather. Mm-hmm. She's getting the temperature of society now and how they see her family. Right, right. Very much that. Because that's exactly ties into the very next story she tells with her little girl, Becky, mm. and how when that story, when that situation happened, she really understood that this was really wrong. Mm. Everyone outside of our family sees this as really wrong. Mm-hmm. So much so that, like, even her father mm-hmm. is uh, stunned stunned by it. And it affects him to a deep level. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know what to do. Right. So Becky sees, Alf- like, Becky goes over to Alfred's for Sunday with Mariah for the first time and bugs out. Mm-hmm. Starts to burst into tears when she sees Alfred Roy's black. Right. Because again, <laughs> Becky's mom would mm. never think, oh, Mariah's dad right. could be black. Yes. That just wouldn't have crossed her mind. Right. Again, taking the temperature because Becky's out in her world with her normal, air quote, normal family. So here she goes, sees a black man. She's probably heard about black people or heard about black people in her home. Mm-hmm. So much so that she sees someone that's black and bugs and is is, is terrified very very terrified but take a note how pat knew just enough not to drive off yet exactly exactly let's see what happens here pat knew that something could could go awry here Mm. and is that a good thing or a bad thing do you think i think it just indicates that the problem with race and society is bigger than mariah could ever imagine right or conceive Pat knows. Pat knows. Yeah. I'm still trying to decide in myself as if, as if it's a good or bad thing. I don't think there is an answer to that. I don't think it's a good or bad. I think it's what it, the way it was. Is there an un, yeah? There's there's definitely an understanding. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I just feel like maybe because Pat has an understanding. Of what the situation is, she knew. She knew that what was what happened could have could be a possibility. So I wonder if Pat could have, you know, warned her, warned the mother at least, yeah, yeah, or yeah. done something like that. But again, uh, you know, you can't blame Pat for that. I just feel like there has to be a reason why Pat would not in those days like you you would not do that in today's world well she's probably dealing with her own trauma of having marrying a black man in those days and probably not fully comfortable talking about it maybe yeah because of what happened with her and her family Mm -hmm. so i could see that but but you also see that the fact that pat did not drive off right away Mm -hmm. she knew that this was definitely coming it could go awry yeah because if Becky was in a normal house, or I mean, what's a normal house? A uh, open-minded house. This shouldn't have been an issue. Black people, you should be cool around black people. Well, yeah, of course. So Pat knew something 
she knew what society was like in those days around on Long Island. Yeah, Pat knew what was Pat knew what was going on, just like she knew what was going on with the homosexuals, uh, mm. uh, Bert and Myron. Mm-hmm. You know, I was about to say Bert and Ernie, <laughs> <laughs> but Pat's fully okay with it. She talks about yeah. you know other other like friends being being homosexual and and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and Pat just being very upfront about it mm. and being totally cool with it, and she's totally cool with people no matter what race they are mm-hmm. uh, because she dates men of various different races so she's totally cool with it she, but you know that your next door neighbor is not okay with it so mm-hmm. if your child is coming over you might want to warn them i mean mm-hmm. i don't know it's tough it, it is tough it's tough i don't i don't know i don't know either because do you pioneer it and tell the family like hey just bt dub mariah's father's black or do you or do you just hope for the best? Since like you're cool with it, you think everyone else should be cool with it, and you just go on about it because bringing it up is maybe maybe yeah. creating something. Oh, I don't know that shouldn't be created. I don't know exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I found this line interesting when she's describing Becky. She's talking about how white she is, I guess, like strawberry blonde hair, etc. In my mind, she looked like what little girls were supposed to look like. Right, exactly. And uh, and little girls who were adored and protected. Mm. Yes. So now Mariah's equating these little girls who look like, oh, you have a safe home. You should be nurtured, protected. So not only is she noticing, you know, the hair, the freckles, the whiteness of the skin, but also... How they're being treated. Exactly. Exactly. It's these little, well, not these little moments, these big moments that make these little things very specific and they stick with you. And she's realizing I'm not that. Mm -hmm. So do I deserve to be, because I don't look like Becky, do I deserve to be treated, uh, protected? Do I deserve to, you know, be happy because I don't look like Becky? Right. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back at home, back at the ranch, Morgan and Allison... Back are at looking the shack, at, her. at yes, the shack. At the shack. <laughs> Morgan Allison are looking at her, saying, "You get treated right, like Becky. You are, you are Becky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, isn't that so crazy? So she's like stuck in the middle of it. Yeah, uh huh. And what do you do? That's yeah. why she always feels on the outside. Yeah, just how she opened up this chapter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also outside the lines. Yes, yes, always outside the lines. Yes. Um, but when going back to the the situation with Pat and Becky at the door with Alfred. Um, After uh, Patricia took Becky away, Mm. she says there was no consolation, no mediation, no acknowledgement of the devastation to me or my father. So it's like, it's not only Mariah who's being, uh, you know, devastated here. It's also affecting Roy as as well. Mm -hmm. And that's big. And she also goes on to say that they never really talk about it. Yeah, well, I wrote down, so her and Becky never played together again Mm. because this is where Mariah having a black father and Becky's reaction has now created shame. Yes, yes. Mariah probably never never invited her over again, never played with her again. They're embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, and I wonder what happened when Becky went home to her parents. Yeah. What did she tell her parents? And what did her parents then say to Pat? Maybe what never all- never see those people again. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you never you never know. But it sounds like that could be like 
I just can't imagine. Because, well, think about it. Let's pretend we're in Becky's shoes. We go home. We tell mom what happened. And I freaked out and cried. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We're four years old or whatever. How right. old are we here? I think they're Young. like six, seven. If you're the parent and you're a good person, you would say, Becky, that was the wrong thing to do. Black people are cool. Like, don't listen to what you're hearing outside. We're going to go back and we're going to apologize and we're going to be friends. And you're going to see it's not a big deal. Right. You're going to do better you, next time. Yes, but do you think that's what's happening out on Long Island in 1970? No, so obviously no. they're yeah. like, never talk to them again. You're never hanging out with them again. Stay home. <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> Stay home. It was, Stay home, Becky. That whole incident was vilified. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's And Mariah, vilified. Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. But now the experience is shameful. Mariah's been shamed yeah, in that moment. Yeah, and you know, shame carries deep down with people yeah. for, for the majority of their life, so. But look at how fast forward into the future where signed up to Sony and married to Tommy Mottola, here we are hiding the blackness. Well, I don't think Mariah was attempting to hide it. I think Tommy was. No, but she's used to it. Oh, got it. I see what you're saying. She's Coming used here, to that. starting here. Mm-hmm. Hide mm-hmm. it. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And that's why Mariah's going to go along with it because there is shame connected to it. Mm-hmm. Got it. She gets it. Yeah. Uh, this was interesting. Becky and most likely her mother too had probably just assumed my father was also white or maybe something exotic, but certainly not black. Right. Yeah. So this is letting you, just giving you a sense. Again, taking the temperature of society. You cannot be black. Yeah. And you cannot be other. Yeah. It's like, and and what are you supposed to do if you are? How do you, what do you do? Okay. So let's just take this fast forward into 2020, where we have a white supremacy ruling the place right Uh now. Uh Here it is in suburbia. Back right. then, well, and ruling, you, and also remember, this isn't that long ago. Yeah, this like Mariah lived this, and she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, telling this story. So it's it's not surprising that something like today's um, uprising and and unrest is going on because it's been boiling under for so long, mm-hmm. and it's been affecting people mm-hmm. for decades. Yeah, so it's time to start having the conversation. Yeah. And start thinking about what's going on here and how it's affecting people. Yes. White police killing black people. Yeah. Because they're different. They're other. Yeah. I mean, all of those things Mariah's talked about in these chapters right here from, you know, her father in the military being accused Mm. to the the young teachers, you know, uh, demoralizing a four-year-old over drawing her father as black mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the, everything on the footsteps or the uh, steps of her father's door with little Becky. Mm-hmm. All of that still is happening today in ways that we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And then what we do see are authority figures. Mm-hmm. That's where we see it, but it actually happens every day in people's lives. Inside the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she closes out this, this chapter Uh, By saying, that day, I saw firsthand how their fear hurt him, and his hurt deeply hurt me too. But what was perhaps most painful that afternoon was that he saw that I saw their fear of him. He knew it would impact me forever. He knew I could never return to the innocence all children deserve. 
Mm. So now she knows that her father knows that this has really affected Mariah. Yeah. And we have Mariah experiencing, again, we don't know where it's going to come from, the racism. Right. Because we have the grown teachers giving it to Mariah. And now we have our little peer. Mm -hmm. Who's and experience like serving and, racism that's what it was and yes absolutely and here's the thing nobody in mariah's immediate family has the ability to really talk about it to uh instill a sense of belonging in mariah mm. because this is nobody's really done this before it's not like you can be like oh you know our family is a mixed family so is the family down the street maybe we can get friendly with each other and you mm. can have like a camaraderie and you can talk about your family's experiences together and maybe have a better understanding mm. but you don't even have that mm -hmm. so your your inner circle of the family is dysfunctional mm. because they don't have you know, uh, whatever needs are not being met by anybody. Mm. And now you, so what do you do? You mm -hmm. don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about it. You don't act on it. You don't discuss it. And so it starts to live and fester with not just Mariah, but everyone in the family was mm -hmm. heavily affected by this. But also I bet Alfred doesn't have the language to talk about it. Right. Because Mariah is having a white experience when she's with Pat. Alfred's never had that. He just True. doesn't exist to him. True. So how does he know what she's experiencing? Right. I mean, same. you could say yeah. the same, uh, you know, with, with a lot of people in the family are having completely sort of different experiences, mm -hmm. really all based on the shade of their skin color. Yeah. And Mariah's in the middle. Mm-hmm. With no one. No one. No one. Yeah. Absolutely no one. And that's why she goes inside and she, you know, goes to the light that is inside of her, the the creativity that she has, because it's the only outlet. Mm. And you need that outlet sometimes, no matter whether it's artistic or or just, you know, just talking with someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's all a lot. It's a lot to handle. All right. One chapter for the road. One more chapter for the road. Why not? Let's do it. The, the, the book's getting juicy. It is. We're getting we're yeah. getting to what's what's really uh, the meaning of Mariah Carey here. Right. All these little things that we might have heard Mariah tell a story before, mm. but now we're seeing it's more specifically how it happened and how it affects her. Yeah, affected her. We're getting the experience. Yeah. So the final chapter for this book report is huddle, 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 <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yes. And this is a character from Fiddler on the Roof. Mm -hmm. And I'm unfamiliar with that. Well, I but... guess she got, I guess technically one of the leads. Okay. Sounds like it to me. Right. Sounds like it from this chapter. She had a moment. So she's, um, so she's away at a camp. Yeah, so for our international friends, uh -huh. yes, <laughs> in America, the school year gets the summer off, correct? Correct. And so you usually go away to camp. It's time to get out of get out of town. Go to camp. Parents ditch you. <laughs> I, I, I listen. I never went to a camp. So Mariah, honey, you were doing better than I was because I didn't even know what camp was. Camp. 
<laughs> Girl, what? <laughs> no, we didn't go to camp in my family, but a lot of kids yeah. do. We went to camp in Australia, but during the school year, you went for school. And what would you do? You go for like, I think you go for like a week. Camp and, shit. And do what? Build a fire, <laughs> canoe or whatever. Oh, no, we never did that. No wonder I don't like the outdoors. Activities. I've never, no. Bushwalking. Well, walk in the bush. Yeah. Okay. Cooking a big stew. Oh. <laughs> All right. You were learning skills. That was kind of fun. You Throwing were boomerangs. We threw boomerangs. Oh, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Do they fun. Do the boomerangs actually come back to you? Uh, yeah, they do. They do? Yeah. They're, they're not designed to like come back to your hand. You're supposed to flick it at an animal and kill the animal. It's a hunting tool. What? Yes, it's a hunting tool. Well, like, what? Yeah, this idea of it, like, coming back and catching it in your hand. You don't want that to happen because it's going to be... No, that's dumb. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you You're know, here we are in America it. knowing nothing. Well, you want to be able to throw it and, like, curve it so it can bend the wind, bend and, like, hit the animal and kill it. Oh. The kangaroo. Got it. The native um, Australians, Aboriginal people, it's part and of their culture. And it works. Yes, that's one of their hunting oh, wow. practices. I thought it was like a frisbee, girl. No, it's not a game. <laughs> Oops. No, the white, speaking of, the white people will have you believe it's a frisbee. And they sure do have you believe that. That's what was told to me my whole life. No, it's actually an ancient hunting tool. That makes more sense, actually. Camp. All right. So you do learn things at camp. camp. Okay. (laughs) So Mariah's away at at summer camp, essentially. Yeah. And they, again, I don't know what they do at camp, but, you know. Well, this was a singing one, right? Oh, musical the, theater? Oh, yes, for musical theater. So I guess the purpose is you learn a song by the end of camp, a whole production. And they put, yeah, like a whole thing. Yeah. Although, I mean, again, I said I'm not familiar with Fiddler on the Roof, but, like, is that a children's production? No, they do it on Broadway. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I don't know. I'm sure there were some gays at this camp running the show. (laughs) Sure, someone knows something. (laughs) Um, uh, Myron and Bert are out there. Their friends are are running the show here, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But Mariah starts talking about how, like, she loved going to camp. Uh She loved rehearsing. She loved the the stability of all of that Mm. while getting to also, like, practice and sing and do all of that stuff. Well, I bet it was kind of the n- most normal thing she did where you wake up, get your breakfast, go to rehearse. There's probably no sports involved she had to do. It was all musical theater, learning lines and choreography and singing. So I bet she had the time of her life. And it was probably the most normal, stable thing all year round. Yeah, ab- absolutely. She, Mariah says, I loved Hodel because she fell in love with a revolutionary boy and went to the ends of the earth to follow her passion. That kind so, of sounds like Alfred and Patricia. That's what I was going to say. There's sort of like a similarity there. So He's a military I, man. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they're not, they're not supposed to be together, but like you make mm. it, you go and you make it happen and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Mariah maybe has a little connection with this character there. Also the notion of like running away together. Of course, of course. Which um, we see later on in Underneath the Stars. Oh, we love that. Hmm. Interesting. But she says, so they're putting on the big, the big play and her father comes for opening night. Yeah. Yes. So Mariah has like the, the big song. She has a solo moment. 
on stage. On stage. The crowd loves it. And she says, like, she uses her whisper tone. So I bet that was like a unique experience for the audience. They're probably not used to little kids having such sophisticated voices. Oh, of course not. But yeah. we're, we also know this Mariah Carey we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. You don't find that every day. Right. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but the audience was wowed by this yes. little girl. Very, very wowed. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, they were not wowed um, at home because Mariah tells a little story about when Addie came to visit. Good old Addie. Addie is- the menace. <laughs> Menacing Mariah again. Addie's not helping anybody here, girl. We got the <laughs> cheese and the pasta. Yeah. And now we have this moment. So like Mariah's like, you know, she's reliving in this chapter the exhilaration of being out in public and showcasing herself and having that little stability of everything, mm. like rehearsing and, and being a part of something mm-hmm. that like, has an end product Mm -hmm. but she but here back at home here's mariah with the issues arising Mm -hmm. everybody at home is not helping mariah in any little way well here i highlighted this part one time when addy was at my father's house she looked at me with my unruly flaxen hair and peach crayon colored skin and said roy that ain't your baby then as if to prove her point she addressed me girl let me see you dance can you believe it? So let's look at that. Roy, that's not your child. Mariah, dance to prove it right now. Right, exactly. Now, so here's the other thing. Um, the word flaxen. Mm. I remember that word from the the song Sunflowers to Alfred Roy. Mm. And I never knew what it was mm. until I had to look it up in the dictionary back in 2002. What does it mean? Okay, it means it means like sandy colored ah. or something like that, like light or, or of sand or something like that. Don't, don't quote me on that, but that's what it means. It means like lighter colored hair. Interesting. So that's why she says... You know, Addie's looking at her with peach skin yeah. and flaxen hair. Light-colored hair. And and she can't dance. Uh-huh. So, Roy, this ain't your baby. Uh-huh. And, like, girl, could you believe that? Girl, Addie. girl, Addie's not helping the situation. So then Mariah says, uh, in my mind, dancing became a measurement for Black acceptance, mm. for belonging somewhere and to someone for belonging to my father. Mm-hmm. And she, she didn't dance that day for Addie. Mm-hmm. So Mariah's always had like this whole complex over what dancing is. And it's all Addie's fault. Yeah, Can it you, is. Like, the, here we are. These little things that you don't think about are very, uh, very interesting. Deeply rooted. Deeply rooted mm-hmm. in these kids. Mm-hmm. Because that's pretty big. Because mm-hmm. We didn't really see Mariah dance until the butterfly era. No, when she was coming out of her cocoon. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love my Mariah dancing. Yes. I mean, with a wink. <laughs> she's not Beyonce. No, and she doesn't have to but be. But Beyonce doesn't sing like Mariah. Because she's Mariah. Yes. But with this little paragraph here about Addie and, and the dancing, like, to to you already feel like you're an outsider. Uh-huh. You already feel like you don't belong. You're in this family that is just complete dysfunction. And now your grandmother is trying to, well, she's not purposely trying to do anything, but she is implanting an idea that this is not where you belong. Mm. So again, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you're not us. You are not us. So she's getting it from outside the house and she's getting it from inside the house. Yeah. No, like I say, nobody's helping here. Yeah. Nobody is helping the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? 
So this, so the end of the chapter, she tells the story about how Alfred came to see the final performance of Fiddler on the Roof at the camp. Yeah. And that's where everybody saw, here we go again, everybody sees that he's black and there's a consequence to it. Yeah. And now she knows why. Exactly. Like she was like on this big high because everyone gave her standing ovation, mm-hmm. all of this, Flowers, all of that. She got everything she wanted. And as soon as the she people come, were gagged. Yes. Oh, they were gagged yes. by little baby Mariah. <laughs> yes. Um, but as soon as she comes off stage and now she's connected to her father, a uh-huh. black man, uh-huh. everybody just compl- looks at her completely in a different light. Yeah. Instantly, Mariah is no longer accepted. They're like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Because she says she never went back to summer camp. She never got a No, she did go back. She never got a She never lead. got a role. She never got a role yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't and that something? Isn't that something? Mariah- but, but I think now at that point, she knows why. Yeah. She's, she's, she's probably a little used to it. She's figured it out. Disappointing coming from the Jewish community. Well, coming from any community, but you would Anyone imagine that. would be more sympathetic you know, they, yeah. or understanding. Well, it just goes to show in that time, it, color really, really was a thing. Mm. It's it's wild to think. And thank goodness, you know, it's it's better now, but it's still a problem. Shows you how racism also is, um, it's not just white people, I guess. The other races also have racism in their culture and interracial racism. Yeah. Like, Addie, you're not black enough to be my son's child. Yeah. You're not black enough to be a part of this family. Yeah. That's, that is terrifying. Uh-huh. Oh, man. See, all these little things that we think we know, little Mariah, mm. and what she's been through. But we had no idea. Mm-hmm. Those little tiny things make such an impact. Mm-hmm. Poor Mariah. Poor Mariah. But look at her She'll now. She'll be all right. She'll be look, all right. She's going to be just good, girl. She's going to be just good. She's going to be just good. But... Just think, uh, like Alison and Morgan, most people in that situation go off the rails. That's common. Throw their life away. Yeah, that is, that is the majority mm-hmm. of what, because they don't have anything to hold on to. Mm-hmm. They, number one, or told they you're not good enough. Right. They And they don't have anything to for as an outlet. They don't have anything for a hobby. They don't have um, a mental health. Uh, assistance they Mm -hmm. don't have anything mariah had something Mm. and it was her her faith Mm -hmm. and her talent Mm -hmm. and her creativity i think maybe being such an outsider as well allowed her to observe better and just be like just think i don't want to be that i don't want to turn out like that i can't be that Mm -hmm. i can't i just can't Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean, but this is all a lot for a young kid to be bringing in. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like one thing after another, after another, after another. Mm. I mean, we've gone through, what, six chapters now, seven chapters. Yeah. And all we're getting is, well, the majority, we're getting a lot, but the majority are these little things that have profound effects. Yes. And nobody's realizing them. Uh And when they do realize them, like, Pat realized that the, you know, Becky at the front door of Alfred Roy, she realized it, Mm. but she's not doing anything to help, Mm -hmm. you know, or Addie with the whole dancing situation. She's not realizing what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She might think she's being funny or like, you know, I'm sure she wasn't completely serious, but Mm. 
It's not helping anybody. Mm -hmm. These teachers standing over Mariah's shoulder, you know, that they don't really realize it, mm. but it is, that's devastating. Mm -hmm. No, So nobody's talking about it. Mm. So it just sits. Mm -hmm. All of these feelings just sit. Yeah, there's nowhere for Mariah to go. No, only to her music. Yeah. And that's what we got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another, another, another <laughs> week of jam-packed stories. Yeah, do you see how it's kind of like push these heavy stories for a young girl mm -hmm. that are just quiet and in the house? Right. You, you know, hear I'm about always it? someone who you know I grew up in a lot of turmoil and dysfunction and all of that, and I'm always like, you know. Everybody has that in their life. Oh, it's, you know, this is everybody's life is this mm, crazy. Mm. But, you know, growing as I'm older and older now, I realize, no, not everybody's life is like this. Yes, not same. at all. It's yeah, yeah. quite the opposite. Yes. Um, so I feel like that's one of the reasons I instantly connected with Mariah, just because I knew like what she had like come up and come through. Yeah. But I always thought, well, everybody's life is like this. We all got issues and problems and we right. do, but they are not to this level mm. of, uh, uh, of emo emotional trauma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's very interesting that Mariah is like letting us all in now. Yeah. But what's funny is that what, what she's conceiving as weird or what people conceive as weird, which by her sharing the story, we're seeing it's actually normal. Right. People, other people have the same story. Well, it, to me, it's very normal, but oh, it's same, not same. normal. It's yeah. very, this is not normal. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but in some, some ways, senses, shapes and forms, you have to sort of normalize this kind of stuff. Well, that's the problem is that the idea of normal husband, wife, two kids and a dog in the fence that's what normal was perceived as, whereas actually, no, there's all kinds of normal. It's true. It's true. But what we don't want to be normal is, you know, traumatizing the children in the way that Mariah has been. You yeah. Know? Well, I think that's why we should people should tell these stories tell the so stories. you start to see, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to my kid like that. Right. Exactly. It's, it's opening up, sharing your stories, your experiences, mm. and then people will have a better understanding, which is a basically, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. all for the better. It's mm -hmm. all for the better. So I'm glad that Mariah is digging it up. She is excavating yeah. all of these things and sharing them. Yeah. Interesting that she held it in for so long. Yeah, I wonder if if somebody like Tommy hadn't come into her life. Let what if we all know Mariah was going to be a big star and she was going to be a superstar and sell millions of records, but what if it was with a different person mm. other than Tommy? Mm. Would she have been able to open up more or sooner? Mm. Because I feel like when she met Tommy and obviously we'll get to it, she met Tommy and these these this cycle of of dysfunction is continuing mm -hmm. and these race relations mm -hmm. are continuing. Mm -hmm. So Mariah's she's not out out of the situation far she enough. She just went into another one. Exactly. Like it, she's just continuing it. Yeah. But had she not continued that at age 20, maybe she would have been fully open and more uh, in touch with these childhood moments and how they affected her by the time she was 30, as opposed to her age now. Mm, interesting. It's interesting. It's these, some of these things can't be answered. Just like, you know, we were yeah. in the book, like was Patricia wrong for, you know, yeah. she not telling little Becky's mama or, you know, who knows? Yeah. But yeah. It's all very interesting. To well, think. I feel like 
so wasn't her other pers- um, prospective record deal with Warner, Warner Music? Um, I think so. Right? I think so. Maybe that was just as bad as Sony. Or maybe even worse. Yeah. But the fact that Mariah then got involved with it made it even a diff- a whole different thing. Like, what if she and Tommy weren't involved with each other? Like, sexually, romantically. The label would have made decisions still. True. It would have been the same committee of... Oh, it all, it all would have been nonsense and, and, and all of that. So we get it, but you never know. But I'm glad we are where we are now and everybody is happy and at peace. Mm. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that will wrap it up for this week. Yeah, lots of things to think about. Mm-hmm. And to Very interesting. Over. Very yeah. interesting. And we'll be back next week with more of the chapters from The Way We're Child. Yeah, don't forget, follow us at The Mariah Report on Instagram and share your thoughts. What did you take away from these chapters? Yes, please do. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye.